It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. Ole Miss basketball is out of season. It's not even close. Football is actually the sport that's around the corner. And yet on Wednesday, I spent a couple of hours at the pavilion. Why? Because Ole Miss basketball was practicing. And Austin Crowley, he's already impressing. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Ben at Hip at Ben at Hip. Today's guest, Riley Allen, Ole Miss basketball strength and conditioning coach. But he's Ben at Hip. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'll be honest. 
we had to start and stop this podcast. Why? I am fried. Fried out of my mind. Full disclosure, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday night. It's coming out Thursday, but I wanted to get ahead of the game. I've got a lot of guests coming up on Talk of Champions over the next couple of weeks. Tyrone Nix, Jacob Peeler, Win Case, all coming up on Talk of Champions, a couple of which the interviews are going to be done tomorrow. So I wanted to get ahead of the game, but it's so hard after a full day of quote-unquote work, because what I do isn't really work. I went and watched practice and wrote a couple of stories, including one on Terrence Davis, because the NBA draft is tonight, but I'm fried. I'm wearing it in my voice, if you can't tell. Bennett can tell. Yeah, you, you've had a week, apparently. If anybody needs the weekend to get here, it, it seems that you're at the top of that list. I am. My wife and kids are at the beach. I am not. I wanted to go to the beach, but then I didn't. Here's the deal. On Wednesday morning, I'm talking to Kermit Davis. And I tell him straight up, look, Kerm, I've been by myself for a couple of days. And it was fun without the kids and the wife in the house for two days. Then Wednesday showed up, and I didn't know what to do with myself. So he said, hey, man, just come out to practice. You know what, Kermit? I will come out to practice. Yes, I will. <laughs> I'm glad I did. It was a really cool experience because now this team has the look of what you would say is an NCAA tournament team. And I know they went to the NCAA tournament last year, but that surprised everybody. They had some talent, Bree, Terrence Davis, Devontae Shuler. It looks different. They're longer. They're more athletic. I hadn't seen Dude Column, who they signed in this last class, since eighth grade. I went to Olive Branch, interviewed him and DJ Jeffries. I talked to DJ a couple more times before he left Olive Branch. Dude, that was the last time I saw him until yesterday. And I'm standing there at practice, and I can't figure out who is 14. Who is that? And Riley <laughs> Allen, who's coming up in a second, goes, that's dude. That's dude column. And it just was shocking to me how much bigger and longer he's gotten. He looks like a full-grown man. And when he's like your 10th or 11th guy right now, that should tell you something. Yeah, I mean, they're starting to build depth and starting to build a, a, a team and a, and a program where – you don't just come in and get to play automatically as a freshman. There's competition. You've got to earn your spot. And so I think Kerman has to be pleased with what his team looks like. He obviously recruits a certain type of athlete, a certain certain type of player. AK was just not as concerned about getting guys of a certain size and length. Kermit is, and he's getting those guys in. And so as he continues to do that, his program will keep continuing to get better. And uh, this is a pretty good first step, it seems like. Honestly, this could go down, if it isn't already, as the best class Ole Miss basketball has ever signed, especially come August, because I can't say the name, but it's probably going to happen. I was told yesterday that it is going to happen. A 2020 recruit top target, not Jamin Brakefield, and I'm not going to tell you if he's committed or not committed, is going to reclassify for 2019 and enroll in August. And once that player does, undoubtedly, this will be the best class Ole Miss basketball has ever signed. I look forward to seeing Hadim C. I look forward to seeing Sammy Hunter and Bryce Williams. But Austin Crowley's already impressing. He's so smooth with the way he operates. I didn't know a ton about him. I knew he had good size, that he could guard multiple positions, he could handle the ball. But to get your eyes on him, he's got a smooth shot. He looks like a veteran already. You can tell that he can add to his frame. He's really wide. He's really athletic. He can't add muscle, but he's ready right now. I didn't realize he was that ready. Did you? 
Um, I, I had heard that him move, going from West Point to Sunrise Christian had been very good for him and his game in terms of development. And obviously, we know Sunrise Christian has a has a great reputation of putting guys out and, and having them ready to play. We just saw Blake Henson last year, Sebastian Saiz a few years before that. Um, so it, I had heard that he had progressed more in his senior year than he had uh, previously. So that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. But I just think. Um, even though he got some attention when he got out of his Vanderbilt LOI and, and signed with Ole Miss, I still think he's the most underrated kid in the class. He hasn't gotten enough buzz, enough whatever. I think he's going to be really good. And he's a guy that he's going to stick around for three or four years and be a guy that becomes an all-SEC type of player. And that's the kind of guys that you need. And, and Ole Miss really got one. And it's, uh, it's been kind of under the radar, surprisingly. When I looked out there and started asking some questions to the coaches, support staff, players, one guy was consistently brought up as the potential breakout impact player next year, Luis Rodriguez. One assistant coach even told me, if I had to write out a starting lineup right now, Luis Rodriguez is in there. And he's the one that's doing the most work in the gym by himself. Franco Miller would be the other one that's really trying to vie for that title of going and putting in the work himself in the gym. And that's big. He's fully healthy. He was practicing without any limitations on Wednesday. But Luis Rodriguez, he's really coming on. And you saw flashes of that last year. Defensively, second only to Devontae Shuler as far as on-ball defense. But his offensive game has expanded. He's starting to stretch out to three a little bit more. Didn't really shoot it very much at all last year. Mid-range game is pretty good, but he's finishing around the rim. And that's something that they could use. Another guy that can go get tough rebounds, can defend, but also finishing around the rim. You know what you're going to get with K.J., You'd like to see Blake drive to the rim more and not settle for threes. You expect Hadim's side to come in and contribute at the rim. But if Luis Rodriguez, who can guard multiple positions, he's versatile, and his offensive game is expanding, if he can be another one that can finish at the rim and get tough grown man rebounds, that's a big thing for a team that looks to repeat for the NCAA tournament. When you're talking about evaluating basketball players and, and their weaknesses, this is not an original thought, but the way I, I like to break it down is he can't do something, he won't do something, or he doesn't know how. And with Louise last year, I think you saw the athleticism, you saw the size, you saw a willingness to do everything, but he just couldn't do some things yet, and he didn't know how to do some things. So I think a year for him has been so so crucial, a, a big offseason for him has been so crucial because he already has those intangibles that you want. He has the size, he has the athleticism. Now, you add with some skill refinement, some shooting touch, things like that, and now you're starting to put together a player. It was a guy when early in the offseason when they were trying to figure out their roster shuffle, he was a guy that I wanted to keep around because I, I saw a player there, and I'm, I'm surprised that it's happening so quickly, but I, I can't say that I'm shocked that it's happening at all because he has a lot of skills, and it was just about giving him the time to put it together. And whether he ends up starting or coming off the bench – the things that he does for you at his size, at his position, there's no, there's just not a lot of guys that do that. So it's extremely helpful, and it's really big for him and for Ole Miss that he's taken that step already. The one player who jumped off the floor from an offensive production standpoint in practice on Wednesday was Jarkel Joyner. The Oxford product went to Cal State Bakersfield, now transferring to Ole Miss. He has to sit out a year due to NCAA transfer rules, and he won't go on scholarship for a year. Once he does, he's going to be able to help. Scoring is not the issue. Jarkel goes out there and he tries to get buckets and he can score. But Never learning, been the issue. <laughs> no, but learning to play off the ball 
is where they're trying to bring him along. And that's so important for structure under a Kermit Davis offense and for his guards. He wants you to play within the offense, and Jarkel's learning that. But he's willing to learn. He's a capable defender. I would say right now probably third behind Devontae Shuler, Luis Rodriguez as far as on-ball defense. He's got a lot of tools, and I'll be honest with you, when it first happened, when I broke the news on the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, that Jarkel Joyner was coming, I didn't think it would be much more than a nice, happy homecoming story. But I think this time next year, he's really going to help. Devontae Shuler, I know he's entering his junior year, but like I mentioned earlier this week, this is his last year. Brian Tyree, he's in his last year. Jarkel Joyner could theoretically step in if he does pick up those other nuances of playing the position, handling the ball, playing without the ball, not just trying to go get buckets, really step into a starting role and help them next year and be a big part of what they're trying to do. And that's something I just didn't expect to see. And I know it's only a small sample with an hour and a half of watching practice, but it's so obvious he's skilled offensively. He's 6'1", he can handle the ball pretty well, and he's willing to go out there and learn. He wants to be here, and I don't know how much stock he put into that, but it matters to some extent. I think it matters because this is a tough deal. Not everyone can come in. You go to the West Coast Conference, you play for UCSB, and you're the WAC Conference Freshman Player of the Year. Then you go there, have another season. Then you come and you walk on at Ole Miss, and you have to sit out a year, not on scholarship. Not everyone can do that. Not everyone's built for that. And so for him to embrace it like he has, I think is really important because this year is all about development because like you said – He's always had offensive skills. He's always been able to score at all three levels. And now it's about learning to play off the ball, learning to play more as a team player and not just worrying about getting his points. You know, he's he's improved defensively. He's always had some quickness and some athleticism that hasn't always translated on the defensive end. But it sounds like he's more engaged there, which is really important. So, yeah, it's a big year for him. And the fact that he's embracing it like he has is a really good sign and now it's just about how much can he develop his game in the next year or so while he's sitting on the sidelines and if he can become a really good player or a quality rotation guy at this level that's a big thing for Ole Miss because he already has so much that you want he can score he has experience at the college level he's not your typical guy that just coming in taking a flyer so I I think it's a really big deal for him and I'm I'm glad to see that he's embraced it I'm excited to see how it kind of works out. Austin Crowley has already added seven pounds. Luis Rodriguez has added weight. Carlos Curry has added weight. Carlos Curry is a little more behind than I expected, but I only got my eyes on him for a day. I think that he can be a rotational big, but not an every night rely on this kid. I think it's, rotational I think it's big. tough because it's – I don't know how to – the best way to say this is like – If you're looking at how players develop on a basketball court, I I think it's easier for guards and wings to develop quicker than it is for big men. I I think big men have so many responsibilities and also just bigger bodies that have to learn how to play with play within their strengths and do do so many things. I think it takes those guys more time to develop. But at the same time, we got to realize he's he's come a long way already. The journey is just going to be longer for him. It's not like a guy like Luis who came in and didn't really contribute to much last year, but his journey is going to be a lot shorter because of things he can do in his position. So it's um, big men just take a little bit more time. And uh, it's obviously he's not a finished product by any means. But like I think you're about to say, they're not going to ask him to be a starting five or anything like that. If they can get five to ten quality minutes from him a night, they'll be really happy with, with what he gives them. Exactly. That's all they're trying to get out of him. Six to ten minutes, rotationally spell some guys, K.J. Buffin, Hadim C., go in there and give some quality minutes. And I think he can give them that. 
but I don't know what he does well right now. One thing that they're doing in the offseason uh, that they've implemented this year is using heavy balls to practice with their bigs. And these heavy balls are used to rebound off the rim, to put the ball up strong. It's pretty obvious, but they did it with their bigs, and they really worked Dude Column and Carlos Curry with these heavy balls. And it made sense because here are two guys that fit a similar profile as far as their size. Now, Curry's a little bit taller than Column is, but they have a similar build to them. Column's a little bit more athletic, but you can see where they can help you, and that is around the rim, be it getting rebounds or finishing and put back buckets. And I think that that's where this new drill with the heavy balls can help. If Carlos Curry isn't there, or if dude Column isn't there, well, KJ's there, and Blake's there, and Hadim C's there, and Sammy Hunter's there, Bryce Williams. This team, this time last year, was six, seven deep at most. And yet now, you can see it coming together where they could realistically, and should this 2020 player reclassify for 2019, have 13 players that they could theoretically play and not feel like everything falls apart. When they had to go deep into their bench last year, Luis Rodriguez wasn't ready. D.C. Davis was asked to handle the ball, play off the ball, and D.C. Davis did the best he possibly could and really helped them, was invaluable as far as being their key bench piece. But he wasn't ready for that kind of role. You want him in like the ninth or tenth role at best on a quality team, and he was probably the seventh man. But here, you're looking at depth that runs 12 or 13 deep, And Ole Miss basketball has never had that before, let alone under Kermit Davis. And it'll be fascinating to see how Kermit manages it, be it scholarships or minutes or whatever, to get all these players some touches. Well, it's also – it's not just that you have 12 or 13 quality guys. I think you have 12 or 13 quality guys that vary in so many ways. You can play a lot of different ways. You can play big. You can play small. You can worry – you can – you can have lineups out there where you have a lot of spacing and you have a lot of shooting around a big man. I mean, there, there's so many things that they can do now that they just couldn't do last year. I mean, they had to play a certain way for basically the entire games last last season. If that wasn't working, they weren't going to win the game. You know, there was only so many adjustments they can make in terms of style of play when your big men are dominant Bruce. And you could obviously go to KJ or Blake, but you're, they had their issues there on rebounding and size-wise. So, I just think the ability to mix and match, to do different things, both offensively and defensively, with guys that have a lot of length and athleticism, and you've got, you've got big men that can shoot now, you've got big men that can handle, it just opens up so many things. And so I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, finding everyone minutes, getting everyone into a rhythm. But on the other hand, I think for Kermit, it's going to be a fun coaching job because last year he can only go so far into his bag of tricks. This year, I think he's going to have a number of options at the table every single game. He can do so many things and really adjust opponent to opponent as opposed to last year where Ole Miss played a certain way and either it worked or it didn't. They had two unofficial visitors on campus on Wednesday. I only saw one who I knew. The other one, I never got his name. Coaches can't talk about these kids when you're right there. I mean, look, I wasn't going to learn the kid's name at practice yesterday. You can go up and introduce yourself? Come no, on. I didn't That's do that. That's rude. I did introduce myself after he left campus to one player in particular, and that was uh, Ranji Gordon. He's a 6'8", 
pound 2020 forward, the number 137 player in the country, I think, according to 247 Sports. He had a boot on his left foot, and yet he was going out there and shooting shots anyway. Even stretched out to three a couple of times and made some shots. He looked the part. I mean, 6'8", 225, packed it on, and he seemed to be enjoying himself. But, I mean, of course he did. It's a visit. He's next going to Texas A&M. But the job they're doing on the recruiting trail is what's incredible. And it's not just the class they sign, but also what they're continuing to do forward. Like, for example, Deshaun Ruffin, who's out of Callaway, commits to Auburn, goes on a visit there unofficially and commits. He's decommitted. Ole Miss is the prohibitive favorite there. He's a four-star player for 2021. Another 2021 player that they really, really like is Kennedy Chandler. He holds offers from Alabama, Arizona State, Arkansas, Florida State. He's up in Briar, Christian, Memphis. Ole Miss is a favorite there too. What they're doing, we have not seen done at Ole Miss ever as far as consistency, recruiting, signing, adding talent, and in one year going to the NCAA tournament. Now, if Andy Kennedy would have had the exact same criteria for getting to the tournament that Kermit did, he would have gotten in two or three more times. But that's neither here nor there. The Andy Kennedy conversation has been done over and over and over. We're done with that. But you can't discount what this program, what this staff is doing to be here for only a limited amount of time. And it's obvious when you go out to practice. It's obvious when you see who they're bringing in. And if you're an Ole Miss fan that you're bummed out by baseball, football, it's hard for you to get excited. You wanted to wait and see what they do. Ole Miss basketball deserves and demands your attention because this is unprecedented. There's a momentum there's a atmosphere, a mood around this program right now, and I've been around it my entire life. I haven't seen it like this. Like, you, you believe when you walk into the pavilion that this is a basketball school. And I was talking to a couple of donors at practice, and they both said the same thing. Like, this feels like a basketball school now. And forever, you question the commitment when they're playing in Tad Smith Coliseum or uh, promises not kept, be it with the practice facility or whatever. And yet here... You can start to see it through the accruement of talent and also the implementation of that talent towards winning and actually performing out there on the court going to the NCAA tournament. This team is going to go to the NCAA tournament. I would be shocked if it doesn't. There's too much talent there. It feels like this team will be, at least in the top half, the top crust of talent-wise and returning performers for the SEC to go out there and compete. Am I fair in that? I mean, the SEC, I don't know much about them. What what is the other teams in the SEC? What are they coming back with? Who are the teams that Ole Miss will be competing against? Really, I mean, from, from my eye, yeah, from my eye, I think it's a lot of the the top may not be quite as strong, but I think the middle is going to be just an all out battle. I mean, you've got you know you look at Tennessee. Tennessee was so good last year; they lose a lot of guys, but they're still going to be good. Auburn lost some guys, but they're going to be good. You know, Kentucky's Kentucky. I mean, they, they're just they they operate on their own level. Florida's got guys. They're going to be good. I think Eric Musselman's brought in a bunch of transfers already. At Arkansas. I keep They're forgetting gonna... that Eric Musselman's at Arkansas now. It's crazy. It's crazy. And he's brought in a bunch of guys. They're going to be good. You got Nate Oates to Alabama. They've got a bunch of good guards. His his teams are always guard heavy. They're always going to be good. So the, the middle of the league, I think, is going to be really good. And, and so they're going to be teams to take a step back. Texas A&M, I think Mississippi State probably could take a step back as well. But even, even those teams, like Texas A&M is going to take a step back, but they have Buzz Williams. So how far back is that step going to be? I'm not sure. So I think the middle league is going to be good. Um, but the thing that really stands out to me overall for Ole Miss is this is really the benefit from a recruiting standpoint of having security and having a guy like Kermit who is here, knows he's here. He's not coaching for his job. It's not a year to year deal. I think the tough thing, and this is not 
a defensive Andy Kennedy at all. But I think the tough thing for him the last couple of years was, I think you knew, I knew, we all knew, it was very much a year-to-year deal. Like whenever he had the season that he had that was his last one, whenever that happened, he was done. So that makes it a little difficult for him, for the program, for whatever, to recruit two, three, four years ahead. It's just that's not the focus. You're you're grinding out year-to-year to make sure you have a job the next season as opposed to Kermit. He's here. He's locked in. He has a good team right now, but he can also feel good about recruiting guys in 2021 because he's got time to do it. And so it's uh, it's that benefit, and, and Ole Miss is really um, taking advantage of it and doing a good job. So um, the kid they had in today, Roger Gordon, he's really good, stretch four, can shoot it, a lot of offers. But, again, those are the kind of guys that Ole Miss is in on now, and it's not crazy to say that they can go get guys like that now. So – Recruiting stepped up. The league's going to be tough, but Ole Miss is taking that step right with the league, so they'll be right in it. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's been at hip at Ben at hip. Riley Allen coming up in just a minute, the strength and conditioning coach for Ole Miss basketball. Let's check in with him to see how the summer's going, the weight gains, the strength gains, all that fun stuff that you care about in the summer. He's coming up in just a minute. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud and Stitcher and Spotify, anywhere you can find Talk of Champions. Just simply search Talk of Champions in those different platforms. Also, the Ole Spirit, omspirit.com. That's the website that I write for. Go check that out, too. The NBA Draft, the 2019 NBA Draft, is set for Thursday, 6 p.m. Central Time. Terrence Davis vying to become the first Rebel to be selected since Tirico White in 2010. Terrence started 82 games for Ole Miss, led the Rebels to the NCAA tournament last season, their first in four years. He was named second team All-SEC. Here's the deal with Terrence. He started as like a top 80 prospect. Now he's worked his way up to top 40. At least that's the information he's gotten back. A number of teams have checked in on him. He worked out for the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Golden State Warriors, the Brooklyn Nets, Chicago Bulls, Dallas Mavericks, Phoenix Suns. The Los Angeles Clippers recently contacted the Ole Miss coaching staff and were asking about Terrence Davis, but we're fearing that he wasn't going to be there for them to pick at, at pick 45. The Bucks checked in on him, and that's notable because the Bucks only have one pick in the draft, which is again tonight, and that pick is number 30. So Terrence Davis is going to get drafted, it looks like. Now, a lot of stuff can be bluster and a lot of misinformation out there for prospects, but the momentum, it seems like, is that Terrence Davis is going to end up getting drafted. And if he does, couldn't happen to a better dude. I talked to him at practice. He was nervous. He's going to spend draft night with his family in South Haven. His newborn son came into the world on June 14th. A lot happening for him. He's been on the road since April. But this could be uh, the night of nights for Terrence Davis, and he deserves it. I mean, you want to see good things happen to good people, and they don't come any better than Terrence Davis. Before we hear Bennett's thoughts on Terrence Davis in the NBA draft, got to take a minute real quick to talk about the Oxford Park Commission because registration for the 2019 fall youth soccer season in the Oxford Park Commission has begun. Cost to take part, just $50. Leagues are for both girls and boys, and they're based on birth year. The season will run August 19th through October 3rd, and all games are played at the state's top-rate facility, FNC Park. For more information, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. You don't want to miss registration. It's only 50 bucks. All you got to do, go to www.oxfordparkcommission.com. Yeah, good dude. Super happy for him, obviously. 
And, and it's not one of the, it's, and it's one of those things where he went into the process and worked his ass off. Went to the Portsmouth, played pretty well, got to the G League deal, got an invite there, played really well, got an invite to the NBA deal, played really well there, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And he's really put together his game, and he's a good dude. He's not going to get into any trouble. He's going to be a guy that teams can trust. And we've said all along. He's athletic. He's strong. He has moments where he can shoot and, and really defend well. He's really great in transition. And so there's a lot of things there that in the modern NBA, his game really fits. And it's all about being more consistent, getting more feel for the game, being a better, more consistent defender. But he's going to go to a team and he's going to have some time to develop and they, they're going to have a big investment in him and they're going to give him all the chances he can get. And I'm just really thrilled for him, and uh, there, there's no one that will tell you anything bad about Terrence Davis. So good dude, and, and big night for Ole Miss as well. It'll be very cool to see Ole Miss have a guy drafted for the first time and God knows how long, and um, that'll be an, another cap in Kermit Davis's thing when he goes out on the recruiting trail. Big deal. It's a feather in the cap. It helps when you can show that a Terrence Davis, for example, comes in, doesn't have a lot of interest as far as the NBA is concerned when Kermit Davis gets on campus – and they turn him into a draft pick. You can sell that. That's something that can be sold by Levi Watkins or Win Case sure. or Ronnie Hamilton on the recruiting trail. It's important to have an NBA draft presence, and Terrence Davis would be the best type of representative for your university. He's going to handle himself well, and that's something he told me yesterday has been important in his process. Teams have liked the way he carries himself off the court. The interviews have gone really well, and the most important part – Obviously, you got to perform on the court, but when you're doing good interviews and you're doing well on the court, those go together and you're a good dude and people like you, that goes a long way because if you look at this draft, it's pretty top-heavy. There's Zion, a large gap, John Morant, a larger gap, R.J. Barrett, right. and then everybody else. There are question marks around Darius Garland and Culver and a number of different players that are going to be drafted high in the lottery, but... Once you get to 15 or 16, it's a crapshoot. All these guys are jumbled together, and I think it plays well into Terrence's favor that he is who he is, and that's a nice dude. He's got a lot to his game that you can like and fall in love with and should make a roster. You want to see him get that guaranteed money because you go in the second round, right. you're not guaranteed anything whatsoever. The question for him the whole time has been, can he handle the ball? And I think he's answered a couple of questions about that as far as showing, yeah, I can handle the ball. I'm a little bit undersized as an off guard, but – if you can do it consistently, you can really make a dent in the NBA. And you want to see him go to like Memphis just so I can get free tickets to the Grizzlies and go cover <laughs> Terrence for a little bit more and watch JJ and John Morant. But that's neither here nor there. Maybe he goes to the Pelicans and I can go watch Zion for free like I did in the NCAA tournament because Zion was in Columbia with Ole Miss. But whatever it is, I want Terrence Davis to do well. I know in this business, you're not supposed to necessarily root for people, but you can't help it. You deal with these people every single day. And I think the world of Terrence Davis, I've covered a lot of people in my life, be it football, baseball, or basketball. And Terrence Davis is without question in the top five of best dudes I've ever had to deal with. And sitting with him all during practice on Wednesday, just talking about stuff, uh, I'll miss that. I'll miss seeing that dude. He's a good dude. And you root for guys like that to just have successful things happen to them. And if and when he does get drafted, that'll be a moment that not only Terrence and his family and friends can celebrate, but anyone that's ever been in association with Terrence Davis, be it an Ole Miss fan or a media person like me or somebody that's watched him from afar like you, you can celebrate that with Terrence Davis because he's one of those galvanizing type of personalities. He's just that good of a dude. 
Yeah, everybody loves him. It'll be a big night for him and his family. We'll all be happy. Herman Davis will be happy. Andy Kennedy will be happy. Bill Armstrong will be happy. Everyone that, that's been a part of this for Terrence and, and the kind of journey of him, taking him as a athletic kid who played football and, and basketball in high school to being an all-SEC kind of player to a guy that's gone on and, and really – uh, is going to be, I think, underrated as people look back on his Ole Miss career. Um, I'm super thrilled for him. It's all about he gets to a spot, and it's all about can he handle the ball, can he be a more consistent perimeter defender, and I think he can. And the way the league has gone, everyone's looking for guys that can play the two, that can play the three in a pinch, that can handle the ball, that can do all sorts of things on the perimeter. And Terrence can be that guy, I think. He does a lot of good things. He can dunk and transition. He can rebound. There, there are going to be moments where he comes in off the bench and he carries you offensively for a few possessions. So there's a lot about the modern NBA game that has always fit him. And it was always just about could he develop his game and his feel for the game farther enough to get there. And he certainly has. And um, hopefully all that work is going to pay off Thursday night. What does Riley Allen think about the growth of Terrence Davis? He's got a six and a half foot wingspan. I think six and a half and three quarters wingspan. Austin Crowley isn't that far off and he's gained seven pounds in the strength and conditioning program so far this summer. Riley Allen joins us now on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Chinese Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Joining me now on the Chinese Pharmacy phone line is Riley Allen, Ole Miss basketball strength and conditioning coach. It's the summer, but Ole Miss basketball, as I saw on Wednesday, is working hard, working hard with the season months away. But there's no offseason for Riley Allen. You're the one tasked with the responsibility, Riley, of getting these dudes in shape, of getting them up to speed and ready to go. First of all, how you doing? And second of all, what do you got them doing this summer? I'm doing well, man. Like you said, the uh, the off season is really my own season, <laughs> so I'm almost split. But uh, it's been good. Summer's been good. We've uh, got the guys right now four days a week in the weight room. Um, they changed the rule going into last summer um, in basketball. Strength conditioning used to get the guys for six hours a week, um, and then they would get two hours on the floor for a total of eight hours for their off season weeks. Now they have changed that. You can get up to four hours on the court. Um, which leaves you with only four hours in the weight room for lifting and conditioning um, to still get a total of eight. So that's something, you know, across college basketball, I think some strength coaches are still trying to work through, you know, you're losing two hours or 33% of your training time, you know, so, so what are you cutting out? What are you trying to add in to kind of manipulate those variables? So that's something we're, we're still working through here as well. So if Ben Garrett walked in and tried to work out with the basketball team, what am I going to be doing first and where am I going to end up by the end of my workout? Uh, you're probably going to end up across the hall uh, with uh, our trainer, Andrew Beisky, to get some treatment before the end of it if you just jumped in. It's probably where, where you'd be by the end of it. Uh, but, no, we, uh, we usually start on the court. We'll do our, uh, our plyometrics uh, and warm up on the court. I like to do our plyometrics, uh, you know, where the guys play on the hardwood. Now, we don't do 100% of them there, but we do the bulk of them there. Um, then we'll jog into the weight room here in Chewy and uh, attack the day. Right now we're on a, a four-day split. So Monday, Thursday, we're doing uh, – 
push or anterior, however you want to look at it, bench squat, squat variation, push-up variations, um, overhead press, things of that nature. And then Tuesday, Friday are pull days, so a lot of uh, chin-ups, upper back work, low back work, hamstrings, um, glute-based um, exercises there. Uh, that, that allows us and affords us the ability to train total body all four days um, without overtraining any specific muscle group. Who are the workout warriors? Oh, I'll tell you, Ben. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily think about it or, or think this is the case when you talk to them, but we've got a bunch of meatheads on this basketball team. They like to lift now. They get after it. If there's bar slamming going on, a lot of screaming after heavy reps. I mean, they, they all get after it pretty good. Um, Brian Tyree really embraces the weight room. Um, Terrence Davis, I know that's not a shocker last year, probably would have uh, taken the cake in the D.C. But this year, you know, Brian Tyree likes to train. Um, Devontae's not very loud. But I'll tell you what, technique-wise and strength-wise, uh, Devontae Shula is very good in the weight room as well. And then out of the young guys, um, Blake Henson probably. Blake enjoys it in here. You know, he, he was about 260, 265 going into his senior year of high school um, and has really changed his body with a lot of hard work at uh, that his senior year at Sunrise and then the two years or year and a half, I guess, he's wor- working on now of being here. Um, and he's really seen the progress that it's helped his body uh, change and his performance as well. So he's one, as far as the younger guys, um, that's really bought into the weight room. Who would surprise me as far as a dude that attacks the weight room? I would think Luis Rodriguez would surprise many. Yeah, Luis likes to train. Um, Luis isn't very vocal, um, but no, Lu- Luis is strong. He's a pound for pound. I think by the time we we tip off November 10th or 12th, whatever that day is, I think by the time we get to that date, pound for pound, Luis Rodriguez um, is probably going to be the strongest player on our team. What is it about Luis that he needed to come in and change once he got into the program underneath you? He's a guy that they tried to play early, wasn't quite ready, but now everybody to a man said, this guy right here, he could be the breakout star. So what has he done to change his body, change his work habits, to get to that place to where he could be nearing that breakout potential? Yeah, Luis got here. He's, I mean, he's a legitimate 6'6". Six, six. Uh, Luis got here at about 195 um, when he got here. He didn't get here till July. He was a late signee, if you remember. Um, so we got Luis from 195 up to around 208. Um, that's what he's listed at on the roster, and that's accurate. Um, so, you know, he's put on about 13 pounds since he's been here, you know, all good weight, really worked hard at it. Um, but a lot, for a lot of guys, you got to kind of get used to carrying that weight a little bit, if you will. Um, so that's something he's kind of developed into and got used to, you know, that's the new norm for him. Um, so just overall strength and body weight for him. He's always been, a, he's a, he's an explosive athlete. I think he'll surprise some people, um, how athletic he is. One play that sticks out to me from last year. Um, at Auburn, he had that Euro step and, and a fast break. I don't remember who it was on uh, for Auburn, but you just see the, the speed and the strength and the balance and the coordination to pull off that Euro move he did full speed. And it, he's shown those flashes, and Luis has earned everything. I mean, you saw Wednesday, but Luis lived in the gym with our GAs and our managers. Um, I mean, he's in there now. He's in there as much as anybody, and he's really earned the progress that he's made thus far. When you're dealing with a guy like Franco, who wasn't healthy for a year, he's healthy now. He went through practice on Wednesday without limitations. What do you have to do as far as restrictions to make sure he's not pushing himself too far and get him to the place where he can return? Is there a balancing act there? There is, and a lot of that just starts with the communication that Andrew and I have with Franco um, and about Franco with what Andrew's doing in the training room to make sure I'm not mimicking those exact same movements in the weight room um, on any given day. 
the biggest thing with Franco was just trying to get that quad of his to grow um, around that injury. You know, with a lot of knee injuries, the quad will atrophy or shrink in size. So just trying to get that quad back to the same size as the other, um, which with size comes strength of that quad as well, um, has been a big focus. Franco's bought in. Franco has lived in the training room. I mean, he's put in his hours to get back. He's earned it. And um, so, you know, right now he's on the same program everybody else is on. Um, I mean, upper body as a freshman. I mean, last summer, Franco benched 320 pounds as a Ooh. freshman. Um, so upper body strength for him is not an issue. Um, and overall strength is not an issue with him. But it's just trying to get that quad to grow. Uh, you'd have to ask Andrew, but I'd say we're probably in the 85% to 90% same size now with those quads with without having seen the last measurements Andrew has taken, because he'll measure that quad weekly or so um, to compare the ratio between them. But I'd guess we're probably in that 85%, 90% percentile with them being the same size now, uh, which is a huge deal, you know, as far as health goes. As far as the rising sophomores are concerned, Franco, KJ, Blake, Carlos Curry, those dudes, who's changed their body Uh the most? Because when I was looking out there on the court, Carlos Curry looks different. You, You hit the nail on the head there. Um, he, he has completely transformed his body. Um, a lot of people talk about, well, turning muscle into fat. You know, that's actually not a thing. But what he has done is put the same amount of muscle mass on equal to the fat he has lost. Um, and that's helped him a ton with his athleticism. Um, now, I mean, he'll miss lobs at times. And, I, you know, I think a lot of it is he's like, I can't believe I'm this high. You know, I can't, I'm not used to playing at this level um, as far as rim height. And that's just, again, it's a testament to the, to the work that Carlos has put in. Uh, he had a lot of extra lifts on the road last year when we traveled. Um, every home game, the red shirts and walk-ons will lift on game day as well. And he took that in stride and everything we've asked him to do, he can, you know, he's done. I mean, he showed up here, couldn't bench 95 pounds, couldn't do a pull-up, um, couldn't even do a body weight squat correctly. And you can ask him, he'll, we joke about it now, but he did one 30-second bike sprint his first day. And I had to go get the trainer because I was worried about him from one 30-second sprint. Um, and so where he is now, so, I mean, he'll kill a bike workout. We do the fan bike stuff um, a lot. I mean, he deadlifted 325 pounds for a double this week. Um, he's hit 225 on bench already. Um, so, I mean, he's really made quite a bit of progress as far as strength and performance goes, which, has, as you noted, comes with changing your body the way he has. I mean, eat shrimp and kale now. Like, who would have thought Carlos Curry from Georgia – would even think about eating kale and shrimp. So, I mean, he, he's completely 100% bought in and it's starting to show. Kale is terrible, Riley. It's terrible. Kale is awful. And I don't, even, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that as a strength conditioning coach, but kale is awful. It's awful. It's awful. And when you were describing Carlos got sick after one 30-second sprint, couldn't bench press his weight, No, you could have been describing me. So you got a lot of work. <laughs> Once I holler at you one day and say, hey, Riley, help me get in shape, you got your work cut out for you. Oh, uh, we'll get it done now. That's all I know. What, that's all I know how to do is to get it done. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna hold you to that. Now, the newcomers, Austin Crowley's on campus. So is Dude Column. Next week, Sammy Hunter, Bryce Williams, Hadim C. All expected to be on campus. When those dudes do get on campus, what is the expectation for them? How do you bring them in without overloading them? Yeah, you know, um, it depends on training age. I mean, obviously, Hadim is gonna know what he's doing in the weight room better than some, having been at Virginia Tech. Um, so he's had some strength conditioning coaching from that level. Um, they may not do the exact same things we do or the exact way we do them, but at least knowing how to operate in a collegiate weight room in a team setting, he should be good to go. Um, Austin Crowley has, uh, 
a lot stronger than he looks. He had a great strength conditioning coach at, uh, at Sunrise, Coach B. He does a great job with those guys. Same guy that had a lot of effect on uh, Blake uh, Henson losing that weight as well. Um, so Austin, I mean, he's a little bit ahead. Jarkel Joyner, you know, someone we haven't mentioned, has uh, obviously two years of weightlifting experience. So it all depends, I guess, in short is what I'm trying to say. Um, we do start them on an intake program, um, but if one guy progresses faster than the other, we don't hold him back. So we do have a certain level we start at, but Austin kind of really took off pretty quick. Um, Jarkel, obviously, and then Dude has has hung with those guys just because he's watching them and learning from them as well. Um, so that, that, that's the deal. We all start at the same place with our income, incoming guys, new guys, but then we build from there, and, and I don't hold them back. If they can, in a month, be – you know, with the with the vest, with the returning guys in a month, and they're in, in there in a month. If it takes them three months, takes them three months. So it just kind of depends on them and their development. Crowley, you told me yesterday he's added seven pounds. How's he done it? A lot of it's eating. He'll tell you. I mean, he's, I don't know, uh, everybody listening, if they've been to the grill at, uh, at the Manning Center, but they do a tremendous job um, there with, it's not an athlete-only dining facility, but it is very convenient for our athletes. Um, and I mean, they just, they do a tremendous job there with the food selection. I mean, there's smoothies and, you know, 10 different types of fruit, three different types of yogurt and omelet station, and pancake. I mean, it's, and then lunch, obviously it changes. Um, but Austin's been living at the grill. So a lot of it's just been doing with the amount of food he's eating, having access to food as well. Um, our weight gain guys, I'll send home with a Gatorade protein shake or two. Um, I have a intern, uh, this summer that's been making, peanut butter and jelly for them to take and eat before bed as well. Is that the best thing for them to eat before bed? Obviously not. I mean, there's things we can do better, but as far as for convenience and nutritional value and things they like to eat, um, that kind of kind of encom- encompasses all three of those. So he's been doing that seven days a week, drinking a shake, eating his PB&J right before bed, and then living at the grill um, is, is how he's done it. I don't think fans quite understand how big the training table has been for Ole Miss and how different it is now strength and conditioning-wise than it used to be years ago. I've been friends with a lot of former players, Kentrell Lockett being one of them, Jarrell Poe, and I remember one time I was hanging out in the parking lot just talking to a few of these guys, and one of them, I'm not going to mention him because he might be embarrassed here, opened up the back of his car and just in the floorboards you saw Taco Bell and and Wendy's bags and McDonald's bags because back then you just got a stipend, and a lot of those kids wanted to save that money and not spend it on food, and that hurt them as far as their nutrition is concerned. So having a training table, the advantage of that is totally different now, right? Like as far as strength and conditioning and how you go about organizing, what it is today is far different than it was in like 2008. It, it is. Um, 2008, I was graduating, graduating high school, Ben. But uh, yeah, that... Uh, don't it, date me, Riley. I still don't feel like I'm, I'm old, man. You're going to make me feel old on this podcast. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you're right. It's, it's completely different. Um, Nick Williams, I know y'all are pretty good friends. He'll tell you when they first built Tui, um, there was not, I mean, you weren't allowed to get snacks, you know, and things of that nature to keep the, the lounge, you know, stocked with, you know, goldfish and pretzels, fruit, jerkies, nuts, peanut butter and jelly, fruit cups, string cheese, yogurts, things like that. You couldn't give athletes year round. And that's when Tui, you know, Tui was built when it opened 09, I think, Ben. Um, and so from there to now, we can keep all those things. If, uh, if we have a practice or a weight session that's around breakfast, lunch, or dinner, we can give what they call an incidental meal, which is, well, he's here at breakfast. He's not going to be able to get to breakfast before class. We're allowed to feed them breakfast due to their training schedule um, that doesn't come out of their check or their meal plan. Uh, you know, that's a change NCAA, NCAA has made. 
Um, so, you know, all those things have helped a ton. And, you know, if you look at bodies now, especially in hoops from 08 to now, I mean, guys look different, especially in the SEC. I got, you know, friends at colleges all over the country, and they just, I mean, they say the bodies in SEC basketball are just different. They're, they're different than a lot of conferences. Um, and I think the, the nutrition aspect that uh, the schools in this league put towards that has a lot to do with it. And I think a lot of it is a kind of not necessarily a trickle down, but a trickle over effect from, you know, the way we've handled football nutritionally. Now it's becoming important in all sports, you know, over the past three, four, five years um, has made a huge difference. Absolutely. What foods are complete no-nos? I know obviously fast food, it's a no-no for you, but when you're trying to teach these kids how to eat right, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. Before we get that answer from Riley, real quickly, wanted to tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And I'm not going to take long, but this is a testimonial. My wife's expedition was on its last legs. I was tired of pouring money into a car that I didn't know how much longer it was going to last. So I went over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, called him up first and said, guys, this is what I'm looking for. I'm accepting my lot in life. I am now a van dad. I need a minivan. Brian says, Ben, no problem. We've got the perfect car for you. It was a 2019 Chrysler Pacifica. And I know what you're thinking already. Wait, that probably cost you an arm and a leg. Your monthly payment has to be through the roof. Nope, they fit my budget. I didn't think I could afford that van, but they gave me a good fair trade-in value for the expedition. And my monthly payment is better than I could have ever imagined as far as fitting into my monthly budget. I show up, it was waiting for me at the door. Mason opens up the door, I look inside, loaded up, leather, Sirius XM radio, Bluetooth, CarPlay, everything I was looking for in a car. I didn't even have to walk around the lot. Didn't have to do anything. And it's not just because they support this podcast. It's not just because they sponsor this podcast that they set that up for me. That's the experience it can be for you. So if you're looking for a seamless car buying process, there's no other place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And right now they got deals going on. If you're looking for the car, the truck, the Jeep that fits your family, that's exactly what you're looking for. I was looking for a Chrysler Pacifica. I got it. This is the only place to go. So go check them out. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They're at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. You can give them a call at 662-234-8000. Tell them Talk of Champion sent you. My first step is to tell them never drink a soda. And that's a struggle. You, you'd be surprised. Um, you know, especially being And why is that? Because soda's terrible. I'll tell you this. I have uh, not drank a soda, and you won't believe this, but it's true. I have not drank a soda since I was in 11th grade. I'm 32. Wow. They just taste like that's syrup impressive. to me. It's like pouring syrup down your throat. That, that's impressive. Uh, talking about that, uh, talking to Terrence Davis yesterday at, uh, at practice, and, you know, he's drinking straight water now, which is a change he's uh, made from, you know, since he's graduated. And he uh, said he had a little bit of Sprite on a flight the other day. I think he said he's coming back from Golden State or Sacramento. I don't remember. And he said his stomach hurt for like two hours from, you know, four ounces of a soda. Yeah. Like, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, but no, back, back to your question is, you know, soda, obviously. And then, you know, early on, I try to focus more on um, me and Dr. Valley. She does, Dr. Valley does a great job with our program. Um, she actually taught me when I was in school here as well. So we got a good relationship. But we kind of start on trying to add things in. Hey, try to eat fruit two times a day. Try to add a vegetable with dinner. And then once we kind of get some of those things added in, then we'll try to worry about taking things away from, from them. Um, but, I mean, as far as trying to, you know, add things in and take things out at the same time tends to be tough. So we kind of focus on, okay, let's add in fruit, let's add in some veggies, um, and then let's try to not go to Chick-fil-A as much. Then let's leave Taco Bell alone. 
Um, it's kind of the way that uh, I've been brought up as far as attacking the nutritional aspect of it. Okay, Hadim C., Sammy Hunter, Bryce Williams, when they get on campus, you'll have a plan for them. You'll introduce them to the strength and conditioning aspect of Ole Miss basketball. But in the recruiting process, when you're trying to land in Hadim C. or Sammy Hunter, how involved are you as far as what the plan is going to be, given Kermit or Wynn or Ronnie or Levi the information at hand to present to the kids to show them this is what your day-to-day is going to be like, this is what you're going to do in the weight room, this is what you're going to do cardio-wise. Is that a part of the recruiting process? It is. And Coach Davis, you know, is a huge, huge supporter of the weight room. He understands how guys changing their body can help their game. Um, So I'm involved in the recruiting process. Honestly, been probably a little more than most strength and conditioning coaches. Um, I'm talking to those guys. Uh, They changed the rule a little over a year ago where support staff can now text and engage via Twitter, Instagram, DMs, um, or text messages. I stick to text messages. um, Where In the past, you couldn't do that. So I'm texting them once, twice a week. Um, I do a thing called Wellness Wednesday um, where I send them a stat or a quote, you know, based on hydration, nutrition, flexibility, sleep, whatever it may be. And Connor Walsh, um, you know, our graphics guy on staff who does a lot of recruiting stuff. He makes those for me. I get him the, getting the, the quotes or whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm engaged with these guys for sometimes two, three months before they ever step on campus uh, for an unofficial or an official. And all that does is kind of break the ice. and We can kind of get to the meat and potatoes when we're talking about, you know, training and our, our physical preparation plan for those guys. Instead of having to go through the, oh, hi, I'm Riley. Where are you from? What AAU program are you with? What's your injury history? I mean, I know all that because I've been communicating with these guys for a couple of months before they step on campus. Um, so that's a huge part of it. I know in their in-home visits, the, uh, the weight room is part of the PowerPoint presentation they take them through. Um, and then this summer, actually, we're going to film about a week of training and put together, you know, a, a minute and a half, two minute video kind of showing our, our, our preparation plan for guys. Cause these guys are, these days are so much visual learners. Um, so much of their learning is visual. So being able to get that to them as well. So they kind of got an idea. Um, and then a lot of times on officials, um, Coach Davis will bring them in. If we got an hour lift, you know, the family, the recruit, Coach Davis, and whoever the lead recruiter is for that athlete, I mean, they'll sit and watch a whole hour training session. Um, so they got a very good idea of how we attack that aspect um, before, you know, they ever even get to where they're starting to make decisions on schools. They, they're, they're very well prepared and well versed um, in how we attack that. One of the hardest things I would assume in your job is getting a 17, 18, 19-year-old on a good, healthy sleep schedule. It is. It is tough. And we talk all the time. They are educated. I mean, you ask them how many hours of sleep a night I should get, they're going to tell you seven to nine just like they're supposed to. Um, you know, they can rattle off stats we've given them about how much it affects three-point percentage, how much it affects sprint time and reaction time. Um, they're well-educated on it and they know it, but then trying to get them to do it, you know, tends to be a, a little bit tougher deal. I think it's tougher than it was. I mean, I think it's easier now than it was two, three, four years ago because Tom Brady, LeBron James, a lot of these big-time athletes have kind of come out and talked about how much they sleep, how strict their diet is, how much water they're drinking a day. Um, and social media has made that a little more public knowledge. Um, so that helps as well. You know, if I see something on Twitter about LeBron James' sleep, you know, I may throw that in a, a Twitter DM and send it to – KJ and Luis or whoever just, you know, just constantly reminding them day in and day out, you know, the pros are doing it this way. I tell them all the time, you got to be a pro before you can be a pro. You got to handle your sleep, nutrition, training 
academics, just like a pro before you ever get a chance to be one. Um, so just constant reminders that way. But you're right, sleep, sleep's the toughest one. Do naps help or hurt? That's a tough question. <laughs> um, situational. Usually naps are good. Some of these guys will get out of practice. Like yesterday, we finished at, what, what 4 o'clock? Guys probably went home. Some of them probably took a three-hour nap because they were tired. And then all of a sudden, you wake up at, you know, 9 o'clock at night, and now it's time to go to bed in two hours because you just woke up from a three-hour nap. Um, so, like, smaller naps, 30 minutes to an hour during the day are great. Those late afternoon, early evening naps can really throw your sleep cycle for a whirl. I've got to take that advice. I have terrible nap habits. It's like 4 o'clock, I get <laughs> tired, go to sleep, wake up at 6.30, I'm watching a Braves game, and then it's time to go to sleep. It's not happening. It's just not going to happen. Yep. So I would assume that's tough, too, as far as telling these guys, look, I know it's tough, but after about 30 minutes, wake yourself up because you need to be tired come 9, 30, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Correct. Absolutely. Especially like this morning, we went at 6.15. Um, so some of those guys, hopefully, um, quite a few of them are, you know, have study hall online class, they'll eat, but they should get an you know, hour, hour and a half nap before weights this afternoon at, uh, at 3.30. Um, so those naps are good, but it's when you get out of that last session for the day, you got to fight to keep yourself up like you talked about. Terrence Davis, the NBA draft is tonight. When you got here, what was Terrence Davis from a strength and conditioning standpoint, and where is he now, and what is it as a staff for y'all to see him be in a position to where he's going to get drafted potentially tonight? Terrence Davis has earned everything he's ever had um, from a basketball standpoint. Um, you sat and talked with TD and I a little bit yesterday, um, you know, just – the buy-in from him, you know, TD and, uh, you know, coach, coach Turner, you know, uh, AK strength guy did a great job with TD. I mean, I got here, there wasn't a lot, um, that TD had to really focus on. I mean, let's be real his sophomore year, junior year, he was plenty in shape, plenty strong and plenty athletic. You know, it's not like I came in and, and changed a ton of that. Um, a lot of more single leg, single arm variations, um, with TD just due to his overall natural strength ability. Um, you know, talking to the you know, NBA teams I've talked about, you know, they just talk about his, his toughness and physicality and, and those type things. And they'll ask strength numbers. I mean, TD's over a 300-pound bencher. Um, we back squatted. I mean, he got up to 495. Uh, he can do a chin-up with a 100-pound dumbbell hanging at, you know, 204 pounds. So strength is not an issue with TD. Um, again, it was a lot of the, the new, smaller nuances with single arm, single leg work, um, a, lot, a lot of extra core work. Uh, really addressed a lot of balance with him. Um, he got to where you know he could play better off one leg instead of just off two. And a lot of that was the balance work um, and stability work that he put in. So what? It, it, it wasn't a ton. I mean, I just basically came in and, and polished up. You know what had already been done with him um, through his three years being developed. I meant to ask you this before we get out of here. The weighted heavy balls that Carlos Curry and Dude Column were using yesterday. What's the point of those? What do they help? A lot of it. I mean. It, Coach Davis has done those, you'll have to ask him, but for a long time. Um, last year, just with the transition, and we were trying to get so much in, um, we didn't have time to use them because obviously our hour limitation, and you know we're trying to install offense and install defense and all that type stuff. Um, a lot of it's hand strength. Um, there is going to be some overall core strength with that as well, um, just because of the angles and stuff that they're having to re- you know, rebound the balls with. Um, and then the, the toughness and just confidence that those guys get. I mean, we'll do a drill with a heavy ball rebounding-wise, and then we'll take the heavy ball from them sometimes and do it with a, a regular basketball, and you can just see their face light up like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's just it feels different. So a lot of it's just hand strengthening, attitude, toughness, physicality, um, putting an emphasis on rebounding. It's no secret that that was uh, 
not a strong point of ours last year. Um, so that's just another way for us to really put an emphasis on that. Who has the highest bench? Who has the highest squad? Who's got the biggest vertical? Put me on the spot there. Yep. Uh, Franco Miller's got the, the biggest bench. It's not close. Um, you know, Brian's still coming in. He had a little shoulder deer last year. Um, so I'm not really pushing, pushing, pushing right now with his upper body strength. We're still, you know, slowly building into that. Uh, Franco's the obvious. Second biggest bench is uh, Luis Rodriguez. Probably not a surprise there. Um, our best squatter right now, from a strength standpoint, probably Brian Tyree. Um, Blake Henson's probably right there with him neck and neck. Um, but Blake being 6'7 and Brian being, you know, 6'2 and a half or so, uh, Brian's got a little bit of an advantage there. Um, Vertical-wise. That one's tougher. The That's the really tough one, I'm sure. It is tough because you've got standing, you've got running one foot, you've got running two foot. Okay, the um, Cliff Notes version, Riley. We're looking for the stupid, dumb person's version of it. Dumb person's version, best vertical, uh, probably Brian Tyree. I could buy that. From a, if you, if you, yeah, if you were to combine all three of those variables as Brian Tyree. Last year was D.C. Davis, and there wasn't even a close second. Yeah, he had hops. He owned Square Jam. He could just dunk over anything. You yeah, never saw it go. in games, though. He had one last year against Georgia. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I can't sell him short. He had a You're fast right. break dunk. I think it was the only one of his career, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, he had one. I wanted to see like a 180 dunk, whatever it was, and just throw it down. That's what I wanted to see in a game. He's Riley Allen, the best in the business, strength and conditioning coach for Ole Miss basketball. Thanks for doing this, man. I'm going to get with you. You got to get me in shape. I only trust you to do it. If you're game for it, I'm going to holler at you. But otherwise, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Let's talk again. I appreciate it, Ben. Talk to you soon. That was Riley Allen, Ole Miss strength and conditioning coach for Ole Miss basketball. And this is Talk of Champions, brought to you by BNA Bank. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple. And I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. BNA Bank, be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly, they care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about bnabank.com? Or give them a call, 662-534-8171. 662-534-8171. BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money, is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me. They'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett of Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. A couple of baseball notes that you should be aware of. Mike Bianco, his contract, Ole Miss right now, weighing whether or not to roll that over. Extend it out like they do every single year. Might just let the current contract stand as is. That's a decision that's being made right now. Mike Clement staying at Ole Miss as the Ole Miss hitting coach. We didn't know that on Monday when we recorded, but we do now. Mike Clement staying at Ole Miss. How big of a deal is that? Which one is more important to you, the Mike Bianco rollover or the Mike Clement staying at Ole Miss? I don't really care about the the rollover at all. I, I think nothing really changes 
for for Ole Miss or, or Bianca, whether it gets rolled over or not. It's going to be the same conversation, the same expectations. And whether they're met or not, it's just going to be a difference in money if they were to make a change. I think getting Clement back is so big because this team, this is a really good offensive team. And certainly they have their days where they're they're not great. But for the most part, they've got a pretty good approach. And, and for the latter part of this season, they really figured themselves out one through nine. They got the batting order right. Uh, both you and I like that he's very kind of – he uses a lot of analytics. He's very forward-thinking. And so I think getting him back, keeping him locked in, it just it, that continuity is good. And so at the end of the day, yes, he's not perfect, but I'd much rather have him around than have to go out and find someone on June the 20th or whatever to try and replace him. He did great work last year with that team, and there's a lot of pieces coming back, and it's going to be a big job, and, and I think he's up to it. So I think getting him back is really big. It's a big deal offensively that wasn't their problem and because of so much turnover you want him in the room analytically you want him in the room approach you want him in the room does he need to be a little less aggressive on the base pass sure yes he'll tell you that he, he said does, that on the again, podcast if that's but, your if that's your biggest issue with him yeah and, and i feel like and i feel like every if you talk to every fan base whether it's old miss or Texas A&M, or UCLA, or the Atlanta Braves. At every point, someone has an issue with the third base coach. Is always the third base coach, always either too aggressive or not aggressive enough. There's no one can ever be perfect. So if that's your biggest issue, then you're doing pretty well. And I think if I think a lot of people will overrate how important that is. And and at the end of the day. I'd rather err on the side of aggression than not being aggressive, especially with college outfielders the way they are. You look at Ole Miss. Ole Miss consistently converts infielders to outfielders. They're not natural outfielders. So I'm going to run, too. So other schools are doing the same thing because of scholarship limitations. So, again, I'll take my chances. But Clement's very good at his job, and uh, getting him back is big with for a lineup that has a lot of holes to fill and a lot of new guys coming in. I got a text from Mike at, like, 4 o'clock on the 17th and all it said was you're gonna have to keep putting up with me and <laughs> i thought it was so appropriate i was like you should say that to Ole Miss fans but as far as like <laughs> constantly sending and sending and sending but it was funny when mike talked about that on the podcast and i said hey look man i'm, I'm all for aggression let's just chill with the tyler keenan tagging up from second to third on a ball hit to left field just right. just that just chill with that some of that is the player's decision maybe don't put as a coaching staff so much trust in certain players like Ryan Olenek. You know, Ryan, he's gone now, had a good career at Ole Miss, but no one will miss those base running gaffes that he would make. Over it, it, it's, it's funny. There are always those guys that you look at and you think, oh, he should be a really good base runner, like really quick, athletic, good reads, whatever. Uh, Johan Camargo is that guy for the Braves. Looks like he should be a fantastic base runner. Actually pretty awful and very slow. This is not a good base runner. Olenek was kind of like that for Ole Miss. Great player. Did a lot of good things at Ole Miss. His base running was not his strength, even no, though if you not. look at him and kind of how he played, you would think it would be, but it definitely wasn't. Josh Hall is in the perfect game league in Albany. These are baseball summer assignments. Justin Bench, perfect game, Albany. Logan Savelle, perfect game, Albany. Gunnar Hoagland, Florida, Seminole County. Max Chofey, Northwoods, Fond du Lac. Tim Elko, Northwood, Fond du Lac. Doug Nikhazy, Team USA. Kevin Grams in California with Canijo. I think Anthony Servideo sure. is in the Cape with Hyenas and Tyler Keenan's in the Cape with Horowich. Not the same 
level necessarily overall as far as the prestige of the leagues for Ole Miss baseball summer assignments. I just don't know how much that matters. Like, obviously, the Cape is the Cape. I mean, it, that's the the the. That's where key. everybody that's wants big... to be playing is in the Cape. Right. I mean, you know, they made a movie about it for a reason. And so the Northwoods League is obviously pretty good as well. But after that, it's just getting somewhere and playing, whether it's the best competition or not. I think there's value in just going somewhere, uh, feeling comfortable and playing for a couple months and not having to worry about winning or losing every game because you're not playing a college season. So I, I think um, – Obviously, you want guys to be in a spot where they can develop and learn and get better. But at the end of the day, I think it's more about comfort and just playing time as opposed to getting everyone into the best possible league from a prestige standpoint. Who needs to have the best summer? I would say Gunnar Hoagland needs to have a really good summer. I would think so, especially if Houston Roth goes pro. It, the development of Hogland's going to be absolutely important. So I think you want to have him have a big summer. I think you want to have Kevin Graham have a big summer. And then I think you're going to have some of the, you need some of the other arms to have a summer. I'm not worried about Tyler Keenan. I'm not worried about Dudden Casey. Those guys are going to be good and locked in. I am kind of interested to see, you said her video was the other guy in the, uh, in the Cape. Yeah. I want to see how he does. I think if he can take a step with the bat, I think that becomes really interesting. So I want to see what he does with the wood bat on the Cape this summer. If he can take a step, the defense is already there. The athleticism is already there. If he can take a step with the bat, that's a really big piece that Ole Miss kind of has penciled in. So if I'm going to follow someone in the Cape, I know Tyler Keenan is going to do what Tyler Keenan does. I'm really interested to see how Servideo does and what his numbers look like. Add a little more power to that bat because I think it's in there. I think so, too. I, I, it's not like he doesn't have anything to work with. He's got plenty of tools there, but it's one of those things where if he takes a step, and especially doing it in the Cape, uh, I think it makes it more realistic that that transfers over to Ole Miss in, in the fall and in the spring. So I um, I think that's a big, big shot for him. And if he does well, I think Ole Miss has to feel pretty comfortable about having him there um, next next spring. Ole Miss football has added 11 of its 16 commitments in June. On June 18th, added DeSanto Rollins, he's a defensive lineman, and four-star Eric Reed. What do you make of the run on commitments? You can check out what Tyler Siski had to say about the summer recruiting strategy on this podcast from last week. Also wrote up a little bit of it for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com. But what do you make of the run on commitments made by Ole Miss in June? I think it's impressive, and I think it's one of those things where I understand the skepticism of this guy may not have a bunch of stars or a bunch of offers, but it's super early in the process. And also you either trust the coaches or you don't. I'm not going to, I'm not saying that they're going to hit a hundred every time evaluating guys, but at the same time, if you trust Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre and Matt Luke and Tyler Siski and Charles Clark and Jacob Peeler, if you trust those guys, then you got to trust them on this too. You know, they're not just going to, take a bunch of guys in June that can't play. So I think it's impressive that they're going out and being able to identify guys and getting them in the boat early. And I think it allows them to kind of put the majority of the class in place. Now, I think it's a smart strategy and I think it's going to pay off. And um, if you kind of look at the kind of guys they're going after, it's guys that are big and guys that are fast. And I think that Ole Miss has kind of gotten away from that in recent years and getting back to that, I think it's a big deal. So I think it's impressive. They're not the biggest names in the world, but I know they got some – the last couple guys have been – I know one was – at least one was a four-star. So um, they're starting to pick that up as well. So I, I think you can only do 
Um, you only judge so much. So I think you got to trust them on it and be kind of impressed with what they're doing. Tyler Siski's best answer when I talked to him on this podcast, and again, you can go listen to that on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. But the best answer he gave in regards to star chasing was that, look, we're trying to get the very best players. This isn't all that hard for us. This isn't rocket science. We've been doing this for 20 years. When I look at a player, where it starts is this. Does he look like our guys? Does he look like the guys we go up against at LSU, at Alabama? If he does, that's where it starts. And then you put him through all the drills to see if he checks off your checklist. But also, we're trying to feed our families here. we got to get the best players. We know that. So if you're worried about the stars right now, that's kind of absurd because you're ignoring the strategy that they have. They hold their camps before anybody else. They want to be able to get kids committed, or get out in front of their recruitment. The calendar's been moved up now that the December signing period is here. They want to be able to get a leg up on the competition as far as landing these kids that are going to blow up when they go out for the rest of the camp circuit, when they get the eyeballs on them from 247 or Rivals or ESPN. So while right now you might be thinking, oh, three-star, 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 they're not thinking that way. A lot of these guys that are three stars right now haven't been evaluated because the right eyeballs haven't been on them yet. And once they do get those eyeballs on them, they're going to blow up. And that's how recruiting works. They have a strategy in place. They know what they're trying to do. And that's something that you didn't see under Houston Nutt. You sure as hell didn't see it under Hugh Freeze in the last couple of years. There's a different strategy now as far as how they attack recruiting. And I think you need to give them the benefit of the doubt as far as landing talent. And for the first time in years, Ole Miss is operating without any restrictions, with nothing hanging over them. So let's see the talent when it gets on campus, the product on the field, of course, and now have a true evaluation and true diagnosis as far as Matt Luke, his program, his recruiting strategy, and if it works or not. Before we get that answer from Bennett, let's talk about Modern Woodman. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago, I'm talking a couple of months, where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most everyone of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local modern woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does Modern Woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check them out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. Yeah, and it's, this, is how, this is how it is. He went out, he hired two quality coordinators, the guys that have been around this a long time, that know how to evaluate talent. Obviously, he's very confident in Tyler Siski and what he brings to the table in terms of organizing the recruiting board and evaluating guys and getting the right guys into camp to see see them in person. So you just kind of got to let it go. And I understand the the angst and all that. But at some point, you just kind of have to trust that they're getting the right guys in and we'll find out if they're right or not. But they're not just taking a bunch of guys without seeing them throwing out blind offers. They're getting a bunch of guys into camp. They're playing well in front of the coaches and they're offering those guys and they're getting them locked up. I don't know how you could really ask for much more at this point in the calendar. 
What are you looking for at Ole Miss Sports this weekend? For me, it'll be Terrence Davis in the draft. For you? It'll be Terrence as well. I, I want to see him get drafted, and obviously want to see him go to a spot, whether um, it, whether it's Memphis or somewhere else. Obviously, I would enjoy Memphis as well, but I just want to get to a good spot and, and to, a, to a team that will develop him and, and uh, give him the time that he needs to work on his game and I just, but it's going to be a cool moment for him Thursday night if he gets picked. I'll be really happy. I know you'll be really happy, and uh, been a long time coming for him. So I, I'll be really excited for him. And so that's obviously probably number one for me as well. I told him straight up on Wednesday. Look, man, when you get a text message from Ben G as I'm listed in his phone, and it says "F yeah, let's f and go," just write back smiley face emoji or whatever. I, I know you'll appreciate it. <laughs> it's going to be expletive filled, and he went, "Oh, I'd expect nothing less." from you just sending me something full of expletives getting me pumped up i said i can walk around be your hype man i can be that guy but he did say if he goes to the grizzlies we're going with him as in we can come up there and we'll just be on his family list which means there you go let's go grizzlies let's go (laughs) go play with jj and and and, and that'd be a good spot for him and that's a team that's rebuilding they're going young there's plenty of time available on the wing i mean that's a spot that would be good for him new orleans would be good for him i think atlanta would be good for him there's so many places that really kind of fit what he does and are going to give him the chance to develop. I think you don't want to see him go somewhere um, that has a bunch of guys to get buried on the depth chart. You want to see him go somewhere where he can get developed and play and, and just kind of work into his game. So, uh, But obviously, no matter where he goes, it'll be really good for him. Post-mortem, 30 seconds, Mike Conley traded to the Jazz. I thought it was a good deal for Memphis. Uh, I'm sad to see Mike go. The, that era of basketball in Memphis was so much fun. Uh, but it just felt like it was time. So getting to see Mark win a title, uh, it, it was fantastic. And getting to see Mike play what I think is going to be on a team that's going to be really, really good next season, it's going to be fun as well. I think if you're Memphis, you've got some picks coming, you got some players coming, and it's the John Morant show now. So uh, it's tough to see, but Memphis is going to be in good hands. And uh, it'll be fun to watch Mike play on a competitive team out in Utah. Now cut Chandler Parsons. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's been at Hip at Ben at Hip. If you haven't already, subscribe at Review Talk of Champions on iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere where you get your podcasts. Thanks, man. We'll talk again. Absolutely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.